everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Wenzel Perspective. Glad everyone is able to join Cam and I. So we're going to keep things short and sweet again for this episode, and we're going to kind of go through some of our award predictions so far as we hit the three-quarter mark for the NFL season. So we're going to go through seven different awards for you today, and Cam will start off with our uh, comeback player. So we'll go give our prediction of who won or who we think will win, as well as like a final two players that will round out the uh, the award. So uh, Cam, why don't we start off with comeback player of the year? Where who do you have for your uh, winner and your two to round it out? Well, so I think the favorite right now is going to be Alex Smith. But in my opinion, I think Ben Roethlisberger should win it. I mean, the Steelers were eight and eight, eight and eight last year and barely made the playoffs. And I mean, he's brought them to a one loss team. And it, in my opinion, he's probably like the fifth spot for the MVP candidate. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's actually been pretty solid this year. I think he only has like five or six interceptions on the lot on the, on the year. Um, obviously that timely one against Alex Smith and Washington, but well, you're really like, right on the big, big, big Ben Roethlisberger train this year, aren't you? Why? Why do you say that? Because you talk about him like, like every I, every week we talk NFL. I don't. And I wouldn't ever... say I wouldn't say he's a top five NFL MVP candidate. Maybe top twelve. No, if you actually look at his numbers and stuff, they're actually pretty solid. I'm not saying they're bad, but there's just a lot of other good candidates that would be worthy of getting it over him. In my opinion, I think the MVP can the is looking pretty slim. So we'll your get quarterback to that. Right, you had like number six, and like everybody well, okay. couldn't believe that, that was that was how long ago? I'd still have him top ten. Yeah, that was probably within a month. So no, that was one of our first things we ever did in like September. But I would, like I said, I would still have him top ten. Well, well, uh, I'll uh, let you have your opinion on that one. Very well. Did you finish up? Did you see you had Alex Smith as number one or Ben Roethlisberger number one, Alex Smith two, and who did you have to round out your top three? Oh, I just have those two. I don't even know if there's really another. I, I think it's between those two guys. Like I said, I think Smith is going to win, but I think Big Ben should win. I mean, Smith has only played a handful of games, if that. Well, we'll just <clears throat> clear everything up, clear and say that I have the same top two as you. I've got Big Ben number one. Alex Smith, number two, obviously. Alex Smith, you never know if he was going to hit an NFL football field ever again, let alone, you know, it was a life-threatening uh, situation that he was in. So, I mean, I, you probably should think he could get it, but in terms of Big Ben being hurt last year, I think you'd have to give it, especially the Steelers being the last undefeated team we had in the NFL. Yeah, the whole Smith situation, I think, is just a cooler situation. Like you said, he people didn't even know if he would see the field again. Um, he missed an entire over a year, and I think yeah, just the story is better. That's probably why he's going to win it. Not that he isn't deserving, because he has brought Washington into a chance to win the division. So. Yep, and at number three, I had Cam Newton just because I thought Cam Newton really struck it hot this year so far to start the year. Then he kind of had a little midseason slump, and as of well, he's played a little bit better. So I, I kind of put him compared to what he's what his playing level has been like the last couple of years. So I kind of threw him in there to round out the top three. So with that being said, we'll kind of move on to our coach of the year award. And Cam, why don't you give us uh, your favorite and number one or number two candidate behind your favorite? Um, this one I think is a little bit more open, but yet again, it's kind of done only a couple guys. I'd probably go Brian Flores just because 
I mean, I don't think the Dolphins were expected to win like over five games, and he has them a chance to win the division. They're a game out of Buffalo. They got a wild card spot right now. Um, I don't like his decision to go with Tua. I don't think Tua is going to be the one to win them games. Yes, he's undefeated as a starter, but I think they have a better shot with Fitzpatrick. That's my only knock on him. But, yeah, I think Flora should win. And then otherwise, Frank Reich's another guy. I mean, he's done pretty well for Indy this year. I think they've kind of exceeded expectation. Sure. Um, I got uh, Mc, McDermott number one out of Buffalo. I know Buffalo was good last year, but I think uh, Buffalo has exceeded more expectations even coming into this year. I think they've done a great job in, over the offseason with Josh Allen. I mean, you can – sorry, go ahead. I was just, yeah, just saying that they really made Josh Allen into a big-time player, and you got to give a lot of credit to that. Yeah, he's, he's kind of getting the hype back as he was as a former, um, you know, early first-round pick. But then you look at um, – I think coming into this season, I think by this time of the year, most people would have Buffalo going at like 7-5, and five, maybe around that mark. And with the Bills being nine and three, they were my number four. I believe they were my number four team in my own power rankings for this week. So they're definitely got the momentum. And with the Patriots down this year and starting to kind of slowly climb back up, and then the Dolphins having a big time year, the AFC East is looking a little bit more solid, with the exception, obviously, of New York. But then I have McDermott number one. I've got Brian Flores two, and then I kind of slid Mike Tomlin three. They could have put, like you said, Frank Reich in there somewhere. Um, you could also make a case for um, um, Mike Vrabel out of Tennessee, who's done some good stuff so far. So, yeah, there. I think there's a little bit of a variety for coaches that you can kind of slide in those rankings. I don't think uh, they're obviously going to be really recognized too much, but I think they deserve some credit. And you, I think you got to look at Joe Judge – in New York, and then also Rivera in Washington. I mean, just the way that those teams started out and where they're at now and the direction they're heading, like they're, yep. they just both beat two top tier teams. So, and maybe give a little recognition to Cliff Kingsbury as well. I mean, Arizona was at one point one of the hotter teams in the league, and now obviously they've struggled as of late, but he has done some good with that Arizona team this year. So, with that being said, we'll kind of close up our coach of the year predictions and favorites so we'll kind of slide on over to the uh offensive rookie of the year and uh what do you got there cam um well in my opinion it was kind of a two-man race for most of the year and then it was kind of after burrow got hurt it was all kind of on herbert but i mean looking at it now i mean jefferson has been just hanging with them steadily the whole year and i posted this question on the instagram page the other day kind of a poll saying if the Vikings make the playoffs, is Jefferson offensive rookie of the year? And like 80% of the people voted yes. And I think I'd have to agree with them. Um, you can't take away what Herbert's done. He's been probably the best rookie quarterback in NFL history in terms of numbers. But statistic-wise, yeah, just the numbers he's putting up volume. But, I mean, Jefferson has been such a huge impact and the reason why the Vikings are in that seven seed right now. So I think I'd have to go Jefferson if they win or if they make the playoffs. And even if they don't, I think I might have to go with him either. But your prediction, what, what's your prediction, though? Who, who is your number one favorite right now to win rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year? I, I think I'm going to go Jefferson. And then 
obviously Her- Herbert a close second. It's almost like a one A one B type of situation. And then uh, rounding that out, I know I'm sure a lot of people expect to see like Chase Claypool there. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's had a great year, but I'm just not completely on the hype. I'd go uh, James Robinson at three. I mean, Jacksonville has struggled, but uh, yeah, they only have one win, but they wouldn't even be near where they are if it wasn't for Robinson. Yeah, they're not much, but he's definitely made them a tremendous help. I think he's like fourth in the league in total scrimmage yards. Yeah, definitely a lot of candidates, some that are surprising, some not as surprising. Uh, for me, I got Herbert number one. I know the Chargers just aren't as good on a team level this year. I, I just think what Herbert's done has, has done more with less this year. Um, Keenan Allen being able to continue his reign as a top – 10 top 12 receiver in the league by having a quarterback that can give him the ball. I think Allen is what first or second in receptions and yardage when you had our, our stat update. Yeah. I think he's first in receptions. and I think he's dropped a little bit to like eight or nine in yards or so. Yeah. And then having to, you know, go without Austin Eckler being hurt for a short amount of time. So he's having to have to do a lot with a lot less and has done a very good job doing that. I remember a couple of years ago, Herbert was actually the first projected pick in the in the draft, and I think he stayed back at Oregon for another year. So, you know, I, I think he's kind of trying to make up for some lost time. I think he's more hyped than being the, the number seven pick out of the last year's draft. I think he was five but then, or six. Oh, no, oh, he I, might have been seven. I think Tua was five. I, I, th- I thought for some reason he was seven because I know he was picked at – Tua was five. Yeah. Miami. But anyway – um. I got Jefferson number two. Obviously, it would be a lot different of a race if Joe, Joey Burrow wasn't hurt. So that's kind of what it is for that's there. That's kind of a similar, I, similar situation as Herbert, though. Like, again, their team, they both had great numbers, but, again, their teams have just underperformed. Yep. Uh, easy pick for Jefferson number two. I mean, earlier in the year, you could make a case that CeeDee Lamb was in that spot because CeeDee Lamb had a great start to the year with Dak Prescott throwing for all that yardage. and It'd be a different conversation if Prescott didn't get hurt. Who knows yep. what Lamb's numbers would be at? Yep, number three is a tough one for me because um, I I wanted to put, like you said, you had James Robinson of Jacksonville there. I wanted to kind of slide Antonio Gibson there of the Redskins. I think people didn't expect for him to make the impact like he is. But I went with Mikhail Becton, offensive line from uh, the Jets. I know the Jets are pretty awful this year, but he's kind of one of the, the lone bright spots as a rookie for that offense. You know, making more with less with Sam Darnold in the fold, and then you got like <laughs> it's there's not much at running back. You know, what Frank Gore, right? Uh, yeah, Michael P. Ryan. Um, I think it some. I think it was like Ty Johnson or something was third yeah, one. There's not much left at a winless team. So it's nice to see some recognition given to offensive linemen. They don't get enough credit. Yeah, I got. I, I had to do it for him because I know he is. He's just been a. Uh, a lone bright spot on a much wanting to forget team. So that's kind of where we're at with that. It's kind of, but I'm sure we, I'm, I'm just going to say there's probably other worthy candidates of filling in that spot as well. It's kind of interesting talking about the rookies and some of the names popping up and about like a month and a half, two months back when we had a little segment on here, who would you rather have on your team and like for fantasy and in real life. And I know like we talked about <laughs> Antonio Gibson as one of them versus Josh Kelly and, no, that's not even a comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh Kelly had the one or two good weeks, and then he just kind of fell off real sharply. And once I picked him up in fantasy right off the waivers, he maybe got me like nine or ten points in like three games. So 
not really much to work with there, but he's young and, and Kelly, I think will have a more of an opportunity to get better. Maybe if, if the chargers kind of shake up the coaching staff, like you always said that they should. So, but yeah, we'll clear that up with offensive rookie of the year. And then we'll slide over to the defensive rookie of the year. And uh, actually I'll start this one off if that's okay. Um, for number nine, number one defensive rookie of the year, I've got Patrick Queen, linebacker out of Baltimore. He's been he's been an animal, former first round pick out of LSU. And I've got Winfield Jr. there for number two, leading that Buccaneers defense as a rookie. And then I've got Chase Young at my number third spot. So that's kind of what I have my uh, my rankings for defensive rookie of the year. Um, yeah, I'm kind of in a similar thing. Uh, this one this one was a tough one for me. I'm kind of leaning towards Jeremy Chin as my number one. So for de- yep. overall defense rookie of the year. And then I think number two, I'd go Chase Young. I know his numbers aren't like mind popping, but he's been just eating a lot of double teams this year. I mean, he's like gaining the attention that he's like a five-year all-pro defensive end. So I think, yeah, just like the uh, attention he's done has really just uh, limited his numbers. But yeah, he still made a big impact. And then, yeah, I'd throw Patrick Queen in there too. Yep, that's... You know, when we do this, I feel like we forget some other candidates that are worthy of being in that spot, too. So, I mean, you know, those four that we mentioned there, I don't really see it. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, forgive us if we're forgetting one or two guys that are low key having a great rookie season. So, but with that being said, we got a rookie awards out of the way. We'll move on to the player of the year awards and we'll start on the let's start on the defensive side for defensive player of the year award. So I'll, I'll go for my top three again first, and then I'll let Cam finish off our last two. So for Defensive Player of the Year, number one, I've got T.J. Watt. It was kind of a, a pick. He's just not just sacks but or tackles. He tries to eat up double teams too. He forces fumbles. He recovers fumbles. He gets picks. I think he's leading you know, in like four or five defensive categories. Yeah, he's just all around. And just think the Packer, Packers could have got him, and we settled for Kevin King. So – that's a different conversation. But number two, I've got Aaron Donald. Obviously, Aaron Donald, you think, might be the best overall player in the league. Me? Alone from you. Nah, the best I, defensive player in the league. Yeah, I think he's best overall defensive player. He, he, he might be the most unstoppable defensive lineman of all time, or I should say unstoppable defensive tackle. I mean, that guy will shove through double teams like no other. I, I, I'm seriously that – he might be – when he's – when everything's said and done with his career, he might he'll probably be the best defensive tackle to ever play it's, in the NFL. It's crazy too because defensive tackles nowadays they only get like five sacks in a year. I mean, you don't see tackles getting that many sacks. No, he forces fumbles. He's for, he's he's all over. And then last but not least, I have uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett, I think for a while was leading in sacks, and I think he missed a game or two just recently with Cleveland. But after, I mean, you can make a case he could be in the comeback player of the year award, obviously missing most of last year, right? Isn't that what the suspension was for? I think the, like Mason? six or seven games he missed. Yeah, so being coming back and, and kind of cleaning up a little bit, he's been, I think, better mentally on the field too, just kind of keeping his head on. So Miles Garrett, be having the hype of the former number one overall pick, you got to slide Miles Garrett in on a very, very – uh, very underachieving Cleveland Brown team this year. Uh, so, yeah, I'd go Watt 1, Donald 2, and then kind of like another 3A, 3B kind of thing. I'd probably go Miles Garrett, and then also I'd throw in Xavier Howard, the corner for uh, Miami. I mean, he leads the league with, like, seven interceptions, and he's been, like, 
in my opinion, like probably the number one corner in the league this year. You could make a case for Jordan Poyer on the Bills' safety. I think he's one of the leading tacklers in the league. I mean, he's kind of one of the, the anchors there on the defensive side alongside Tredavious White. I mean, there's there's a you can have Devin uh, White there. Is that his name for the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. the linebacker? Mm-hmm. He's been off. He's been on fire this year. Blake Martinez is a leading tackler for the Giants this year. So there's plenty of candidates that you can throw in there that definitely are worthy of that spot. I mean, Zadarius Smith is low key having another solid good year too. So we'll move on to uh, offensive player of the year, and I'll let you start off with that one. Um, for me, this one was probably the easiest one of all. I think it's kind of a no-brainer of Delvin Cook at this point. Uh, you could argue Derrick Henry, but I think Cook is just more of a complete player. You, he has the receiving game in his favor where Henry's kind of obsolete in that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of between those two, but I think Cook's ahead by a long shot. Sure, and I as well have Delvin Cook at number one. I mean, he's been all over. And did he miss time this year? One game was it? Yeah, with g- an injury? game and a half. So he what? Him and Derrick Henry are by far the top of the leaderboards on the rushing game this year. So I put Derrick Henry number two, and then I slid Patrick Mahomes number three. Other worthy candidates you got Aaron Rodgers too, who's having a another solid MVP type season. Um, you could also make a case Russell Wilson at one point. I think Wilson obviously slid off a bit. Wilson was having a great start to the year. Kind of seems like uh, Al- as of late, uh, you don't really see quarterbacks in the offensive player of the year. It's more like the award for running backs or receivers who did good, but they don't basically consider yeah. them MVPs. Like last year they had right. Michael Thomas as this, and they didn't even really have him in MVP talks when he should have been. Right. Well, and it's like in college too. And but at college it's different because you win the Heisman, you usually win the Maxwell Award, and then usually it's a quarterback. So then they're going to win the Davy O'Brien Award too. So it's kind of a, a trifecta in the college level, but a little bit different in the NFL, which I like because you got to have balance too. In college, you're I understand the Heisman is given to the best overall player. The Maxwell is also pretty much Player of the Year too, and I understand they give it to the it's two Player of the Year awards, but you got to give it to the next Player of the Year. But that's yeah. You could also put Devontae Adams in there, too, in the wide receiver spot, even missing two games, two and a half games. And then you put, like, Alvin Kamara in there somewhere, too, who's kind of had another comeback here. You could maybe put him as a comeback player of the year. He's been, candidate he's been as well. having not as much success with uh, yep. Hill in there. He doesn't get as many receptions. Who? Kamara. He hasn't been too much All of right. a factor in the receiving game since Taysom Hill's yeah. been in there. You said Hill on a big quote. That was going to be my next candidate when you said Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill, oh, obviously, yeah. blowing up this year, too. So I'm sure, sure there's more candidates we can throw in there as well, but that's kind of what we uh, have set for ourselves. So that means we'll move on to uh, our NFL MVP. Um. So, yeah, again, this one is kind of just, in my opinion, a two-man race be- between Mahomes and Rodgers. I think you have to go Mahomes one right now just because of his – numbers that he has I mean Rodgers has more touchdowns but I think Mahomes only has two picks compared to Rodgers four or five but more yards more yards yeah too. so it's Mahomes uh award right now but I mean I won't count Rodgers out I mean he's right behind him so any one or one or two bad games from Mahomes might just push Rodgers over the top and again both their teams are very successful so that helps I don't I don't even consider Russell Wilson at three anymore I don't even know where I'd put him I don't even think there is a third candidate right now. I think, yeah, Russell Wilson's 
underperformed the last like four weeks and the Seahawks are struggling right now. So yeah, I think it's a two man race. Yep. I have the same exact two Mahomes at one Rogers at two. And then, uh, I think by in terms of quarterback play, those are the only two guys you got to consider. Then you got to get into the running backs. You've got I got Delvin Cook, my number third spot. Derrick Henry right behind him at four. Um, I mean, those are the only running backs you probably can consider for the NFL MVP award. Receivers, it's tough to to really throw this year. I mean, Michael Thomas was an easy MVP candidate last year. Um, this year, you could maybe say Adams, but he's missed two and a half games. So just think where Adams could be if Adams yeah, was. He's- He's didn't yeah. hurt. Just put up amazing numbers too. Thomas yeah, has. I mean it's a little bit different than Michael Thomas last year because Thomas's receptions were just unbelievable. But right now, Ad, Adams, Adams is top five in uh, receptions, touchdowns, and then I think he's like top six or seven in yards. Yeah, just can you imagine what his numbers would be without being hurt? But of course, the same thing can be said for the other guys who have missed. He could have a too. could have but had other, a twenty touchdown year for him. True. Otherwise, the only other guy receiver you can consider for MVP it would be um, Tyreek Hill. And then defensively, there's always a defensive guy, kind of like Aaron Donald's been in the NFL MVP discussion. Um, I don't know if TJ Watt's really there in terms of his play. I mean, he's had a really terrific year, but I don't think a defensive player is going to warrant MVP consideration this year in the NFL. Uh, I know for one name, we actually kind of like skipped over for the offensive player of the year. Um, I don't think he's even going to probably be top five, but I think he should get some recognition, and that's Travis Kelsey. I think he's second right now in yards in the league, and you don't really see that from a tight end. Mm-hmm. He's basically like a receiver. He's that good. Yep, and I think the, the the attention of the spotlight's been on Hill right now in the receiving game. So some of the the atten- like some of the spotlight has been taken away from Kelsey. I don't think tight ends get enough credit. No, they don't. Like, he, especially Darren Waller. Look at Darren Waller. The game he had this last weekend with 200 yards, two touchdowns, double-digit receptions. I mean, that's that's big time. Guys like him and Mark Andrews are are anchors. You got George Kittle, obviously. Some even say George Kittle is the best tight end in the league. Zach Ertz is kind of dropped, but you know that's that's a spot that is underrated and a spot that I think that you need to have filled a void on teams to be successful. Yeah, I mean the Packers have kind of found themselves a little hit and jump this year with Tanyan. Kind of surprising his numbers he's put out. I don't think anybody's expected that. Yeah, and receptions and the receiving yards aren't mind-blowing, but he's got, what, seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns Yeah, and I mean, year. that's all you really need from him. I mean, get a guy that four or five catches a game from your tight end spot, that's really all you need. Yep, yep. And that's about it. So, are there any other NFL news you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap things up? Nope, I think I'm good on my end. Sounds good. So, I mean, three quarters of the way in, anything can change. You know, see some of these guys that we have in the second and third spot that could take a jump and, you know, push for that top award spot. So, but it also, you know, might depend on those teams. Because, you know, when we do our standings and rankings, it's so tough to rank those teams in the 7 to 14 range because they're so evenly match record wise. So you never know if, if uh, team performances will really push some of these candidates to a higher spot. Yeah. Like I said, I think these, uh, for Jefferson, that might be the thing that wins him. The award is just how the Vikings finish. It really, once the Vikings lost to the Cowboys a couple weeks, so that just, Oh, that really killed the Vikings momentum. I thought 
that was an easy win, and I thought they were going to end up at this point taking a wild card spot, and they obviously still can. Well, they're I just the don't think the right chances now. are really busy. If yeah. they went to drop that game it, it, and then also even going back to that Atlanta game a handful of weeks ago, they'd be looking pretty good if you would take away two losses on that. Sitting at that's why I five. Think, and that's why I think Mike Zimmer is one of the better coaches we have in the NFL. Having to adjust with a you know a new a group, you know, younger set of defensive backs. That's why I said it was stupid early in the year when people were saying they needed to fire Zimmer. As a Vikings fan, I did not want to see him leave. I think he's perfect. Yeah. I wouldn't say perfect, I guess, but I think he is a better coach, and I don't know if you'd find anybody else better than him. Yep, that's I quite agree. But with that being said, I think we'll uh, probably wrap things up for us. Um, keep checking out our Instagram page for more graphic updates. So it'll be some interesting stuff that you can check out, as well as our updated stuff on Twitter. And I think plans are in the work to get a Facebook page going so that way people that don't have access to Instagram and Twitter can get their opinions on our, our rankings and what we have compared to other uh, podcast talks. So with that being said, I think we'll uh, wrap things up. Everybody, thanks for listening in and have a great night and we'll see you for the next episode.